to be the best photographer that I can be is to really fully understand, know myself and know where I came from and use that as my platform for my work rather than manipulate something that I may not be well-versed in. Welcome to Fashion Cast, the fashion industry's premier podcast where we explore all things fashion. From designers and the latest trends to sustainability and breaking fashion news, we keep you informed. Now, enjoy the show with your hosts, Michael Gloucester and me, Christine Tukta. Welcome to the latest episode of Fashion Cast with the highly acclaimed fashion photographer, creative, and entrepreneur, Melissa Coulier. A native of Livingston, Montana, Melissa found her passion for photography at the age of 11, studied photography at Spokane Falls Community College and in Florence, Italy. As a top-rated freelance fashion photographer, Melissa has provided creative imagery and insight to high-profile brands and publications, including Sanrio, Vogue Bambini, Tony Hawk Clothing, HarperCollins, Cherokee Global Brands, and SpaceX, among others. Melissa recently relocated her business, Melissa Coulier Creative, from Los Angeles to Detroit and is joining us live in studio. Welcome to FashionCast, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. So let's talk about your journey into the world of photography. So what attracted you to the art at such a young age? It's interesting. My grandmother always had a camera and was just snapping away. And then um, after she got the images developed, she would scrapbook everything. And I just was really into crafting with her and spending that time with her. And watching her capture all these moments and then seeing them in print really got me interested in photography at the very beginning. Oh, that's cute. So you have that nice experience with your grandma. Yeah, plus your how old were you when you first started all of this good stuff? That was pretty young from when I remember it was as early as like first grade. <laughs> and then as I became, as I spent more time with her and became more interested in it, her and my grandfather bought me my first camera at age 11. And it was a Nikon 35 millimeter film camera. And I still have it to this day. Really? Because oh, yeah. that's funny. Do you collect all your cameras? Not all of them. Mm. I didn't keep or all, all the of lenses. Them. Yeah, not necessarily all the lenses, but any camera that's like meant something to me mm. for sure. So when your girlfriends were getting like pogo sticks and hula hoops, <laughs> yeah. you were sticks. getting your thirty-five millimeter <laughs> camera. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty great. And then that led so me to start off as a hobby for you. Yes, mm. and then that led to taking photography in 4-H. And so then from there, I entered in different competitions at the local state fair. Oh, wow. So many questions I have for this young <laughs> lady. Because really, I just have to, you were brought up in Livingston, Montana. Mm -hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think this massive town has like 7,500 residents. I mean, it's Correct. it's pretty Very, small. Yeah. Small town. And it's on the edge of the Yellowstone National Park. It's mm -hmm. big sky country. Mm -hmm. So you are way out there. And I'm just wondering, was it nature or nurture? I mean, was this one of those things where you were kind of in, you were 
You were literally in, grew up in a postcard, essentially, right? Hundred percent. I hear a beautiful area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, does that really influence your art and your photography, or is it influenced it a different way? Like, I want to get out of here and I want to express myself differently because I'm tired of being in a small town. Such a great question. It absolutely influenced my style, the way that I am able to be honest with my photography. I've always been very into portrait and not so much landscape, mm. which is an interesting battle. Like I would go and sit in the grocery store aisles and just go through all the magazines. And I'm like, this is what I want to do someday. But I didn't know. I did not know how to get there or what path that led to because my only exposure to photographers were National Geographic photographers that two attended our church just (laughs) at random. And then the senior and wedding photographer, that was the one photographer there in town. And that's, I thought those were the only two paths. And so I was enamored with fashion magazines and editorials and, you know, thumbing through all of those, all the imagery and just wondering like, how do I get here? Mm. You know what this reminds me of? You should know. It's like that, that new uh, Netflix the Queen's Gambit, where oh. the girl goes into the little, you know, the store, the corner store, mm-hmm. the drugstore, and she j- keeps staring at the the chess magazine. And mm-hmm. how do you become and a chess how do you player? Get there? Yeah. yeah. So tell us, how did you get there? Did you, what, <laughs> what, what did you do next? You went to LA, I hear. Yeah, or? I'm intrigued now. Yeah. My God. <laughs> you know, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a definitely a long journey. I mean, I wasn't exposed to the imagery as young people are today. Everything is so readily available to us mm-hmm. um, as far as fashion and as far as imagery. And you can go on your, you know, pull up Instagram and you're bombarded with enormously talented individuals and at great length. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't, I didn't have that outlet. I had to go to like Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and actually look up books of, on, about photography. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't have a master class mm-hmm. that I could sign up through Instagram. With that said, I studied whatever was available to me at the time. After being in photography with 4-H, I then, you know, joined the yearbook and started taking senior portraits and wedding photography for people during high school. And then I went on to Spokane Falls Community College because it was the only college that I could afford in the arts. And it just so happened there was one photographer that I knew who had attended there and he went on to actually have a career in photography. I was like, well, someone, someone did it. There's a success story. I'll do that. Meanwhile, you know, most individuals go to Brooks Institute or, you know, have a higher education at a more prestigious art school. Wait a minute. I thought I read you were doing fashion shoots of your sisters. (laughs) I did. Yeah. You know, I tried to do everything. We, my little sister was really into designing her own clothes. And so, and we both took sewing, and so I would photograph her in all of her different stuff. So, so you guys, so there is some creativity in the house. It mm-hmm. sounds like between grandmother, yourself, sisters. Yeah. Then you're in this beautiful environment. So, did you ever think? You know, one of the things that I kept thinking about when we were looking, literally, for a photographer for Christine's business, and we looked up <laughs> top female photographers in Michigan. And then Melissa Coulier's name popped up, number one. 
And so that's, that led to the next, you know, invitation to the podcast and so forth. But so really the, the question is when you, when you sit back, like think through and reflect on where you've been, I mean, you've been doing this since you're 11 years old. So now you reflect and you say, geez, you know, what is my mission in terms of my business, my artistic ability, my, my work up to this point? You know, what is my real mission in terms of photography and the art of photography and how perhaps that, you know, coalesces with the fashion world? Well, my mission is to work with people who value quality who are like-minded and also people who enjoy what they do. I think at this stage, I've, I've seen a lot of well-known established photographers and clients through coming up through the ranks as far as being a digital tech on set or being a producer on set and seeing how, seeing how negative of a space it can be. And I just wanted to always make sure that anytime I had a client or talent or team around me, that it would be met with positivity. And so really no space for anything else. So you've worked with big brands such as Nike. What were some of the challenges working with these brands? Yeah, a lot of the motion brands that I work with, high-tech, Tony Hawk clothing and stuff like that, a lot of those challenges come in with the lighting in general. Um, You know, you're shooting at such a high shutter speed, your light and your strobes can only recycle so fast. So a lot of it is being able to control light in all sorts of different situations at, you know, when someone's running past and you're trying to capture it in that split second when they're in the shadow or maybe that's in full light or whatever, really making sure that you understand the lighting behind everything. And then also you just want to make sure that you're able to be fully free so that and move around. So like if that means getting on the ground, if that means going and climbing to the the top of bleachers or whatever that looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, just making yourself as motionable and readily available as possible to capture whatever shot you need to. So have you done done any underwater photography? You know, I have for personal use, but I've never been hired by a client to do underwater. I do a lot of beach shoots with children that involves water and its own challenges, but yeah, not a lot of underwater. So yeah, I wanted to kind of stay on this point because I'm fascinated with the idea that, you know, the, the type of photography you're kind of known as, and we'll get to the children in a minute, but it's just this competitive and very important from the company standpoint. So there's an advertising element to it versus, you know, how, you know, high fashion, um, where there may be just, you know, this is the future of fashion and we're not really selling this right now. So there's got to be a different angle from that artistically. I think you're talking about it a little bit. Have you done some of the high fashion shoots too, or do you move in those circles or talk to those people in terms of their challenges versus what yours are? You know, I thought that North Face was the biggest name brand when I was growing up. So to to say that I can be immersed or knowledgeable in the high fashion world is just not me and it's not my authentic self. Um, 
Do I adore and love fashion photography? <laughs> yes. And photographers that are in fashion space? Yes. But to be the best photographer that I can be is to really fully understand, know myself and know where I came from and use that as my platform for my work rather than manipulate something that I may not be well-versed in. Another fantastic answer. There's a good lesson right there. That's a teachable moment, Christine. Mm -hmm. Are you working with brands, <laughs> the big brands now? I mean, due to COVID, I'm sure you're probably not taking a lot of photos like in person now. It just started opening up in December. I started going back to work and have been to LA now three times for work from that. But yeah, it's difficult. I mean, a lot of the brands Put started a lot of things on hold, probably, yeah. right? Put some things on hold. Some are recycling images. I've had some clients reach out to do, you know, more usage on previous seasons. And then I've also had a very interesting experience where the client is actually getting the clothing giving it to the actual parents of the models and then having them shoot it on iPhone or whatever. Wow. And it's kind of changing the landscape a little bit. Obviously. That's not good for your business. <laughs> no, <it's> not. <laughs> but I think that every brand had to kind of get creative and do what they needed to do just as every photographer needed to get creative. Like what else are we able to do during this time when we can't be on set with individuals, especially portrait photographers, fashion photographers. So I think everybody had to um, get creative. Mm -hmm. Definitely challenging time. Yeah, I still want to talk about the children's photography, but I still want to get back to Melissa. And you were born and raised in this very small town. Then you went to Spokane mm -hmm. Community College. Then you were off to Florence, Italy suddenly. Yes. Then yeah, I'd back. like to hear about how that happened. Yeah, yeah, we've, we have to hear the Florence story. And then you're back to L.A. So what made you choose L.A. versus New York or Miami or Houston or now Nashville? Some of these other markets where there's a lot of activity there, too. Is it just because there's a massive clothing industry there? There's a lot of manufacturing. There's Hollywood. There's, you know, I'm a little bit. Well, I'm very interested in that, but confused in terms of where, how you got from Florence over to, <laughs> to L.A. Yeah. So to back up, I studied abroad in Florence for the last semester, and I wasn't gaining everything that I wanted to with being in Spokane. And so I heard that there was a program to go to London, and they would accept our school if we could come up with six students who would go. So I just, like, started recruiting. and started. I was working, like, three bartending jobs to try and, like, save up to pay for it, and it had lapsed, the time lapse. And so I reached out to the dean and he said, well, if you can get a teacher on board to teach one of the classes, then, you know, it can count as a credit and we'll get you attached to another class who's going from UW. Oh, that's cool. So I started hunting teachers <laughs> and professors. Luckily, I found this amazing art professor who had recently gone through a breakup with no kids, single, and I approached her and just kept at her until she said yes, and that's how it happened. So how long did you stay in Italy? So six months. Wow, and then, that's a long visit. And then came back, graduated, moved back to Montana, and then was applying for jobs in New York and in LA. I just wanted to be in the industry because at the um, in the entertainment industry specifically. I was just really interested in getting into portraiture and the entertainment side. 
in. I knew that those were the two places to go for them. Okay. Yeah. And then I happened to meet my now husband um, in Montana at the time. And he lived in L.A. And my brother lived in L.A., who was also an aspiring actor at the time. And so everything pointed to L.A. And mm. so I, I went. So what brought you to Michigan then? <laughs> From L.A. to Michigan. Again, that man. Um, no, that my oh, husband. You're married to. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's the culprit. He, yes, yeah. he is. Um, he's actually from Michigan and so um, moved back to take care of family and be, be near family. Oh, any plans on going back to LA? No. No. Do you yeah. like it here? I do. Really? Yeah, I've always loved Detroit oh, and the surrounding okay. Detroit area. We've, we always come and visit quite often. So, what I'm hearing is this very typical kind of entrepreneur type story. A lot of spunk, a lot mm -hmm. of grit. Yeah. A lot of a hustler. persistence. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. She's, She's a, hustler. a hustler. She's a hustler. So Did honored. You? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's She's a good down for the struggle, Michael. But that's very, very, very impressive. So in Florence, what were you, what, what was the class? It was a photography class, right? In well, Florence or what was it in Florence? It was art and drawing and I happen to do photography on the side and submit that back to my professors uh, at home. So yeah. in between a lot of wine and pizza, there was <laughs> a lot a of few. bread, a lot, <laughs> of, a lot of Ponte Vecchio walks with bread <laughs> loaves. Yeah. Well it's a great city. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love, have, I love Florence. Yeah. So are you going to um Speak a, just a little of Italian for us. Is that <laughs> Arrivederci. Oh, there you go. See, she took the bait. Thank you so much. So I noticed you're working with a lot of children now. So how did you segue into that from celebrities to children? Yeah, so it's an interesting story. A good friend of ours who is a director asked me to photograph his two children. And who's that? Who's the director? The director is Mark Sandrowski. He directs The Big Bang Theory. Oh, for years. Yeah, 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 I know that show. So um, he's actually childhood best friends with my husband. Oh, okay. And so they came up together in the industry. Um, Dave, my husband, is his daughter's godfather. Mm -hmm. And so I took some pictures of his two children. And at her high school graduation, we were having an intimate dinner afterwards. And Cindy and Mark were showing everybody, the pictures I took of the two kids. And one of the individuals there, and Janet Orsi with Orsi PR, she was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen Chris smile like this before. These are so natural. Oh. Like, She was like, I have a, a shoot coming up with Hello Kitty for Sanrio in a couple weeks. I don't have a photographer. Meet, come meet me at my office on Monday, bring your portfolio. Wow. Mm. So you work, you work, they notice you work well with children. Yeah, and I was so unprepared. I'm like, I don't have anything of children. I'm like, oh. I just have personal photos, you know, of like <laughs> nieces and nephews and things. So went into the office, showed her my portfolio, which was at the time mostly editorial and celebrity stuff. And she was like, based upon the image that you took of Chris and Max, she goes, I, I know that you can work well with kids, so let's let's go for it. And that was my first children's advertising shoot that I did. Come on. Wow. Doesn't, I mean, yeah. it doesn't even sound realistic. I mean, <laughs> that's all, like you have a new career suddenly. I owe you know? I, children's I, photographer. I, I will say, I'm like, I always owe Janet Orsi and the mm. Sandrowskis 
my my career. Yeah. So you're working with a lot of celebrities' children now, or or is it no, it, or is it fashion just in in general, children? Yeah, and it's fashion. children in general. So then that shoot led to another, you know, a few more Hello Kitty, and then um, within their company, Janet introduced me to a client that she was working with at the time, uh, Cherokee Global Brands. So then had a meeting with them and started working with them, have been working with them for oh, over 10 seasons now. And they, under their umbrella, have Tony Hawk clothing and Point Cove clothing. And so my children's fashion photography really budded in that, from that whole mm. situation, mm-hmm. the one dinner. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, welcome to life, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you never you tripped into it. And yeah. and I like and I really you like enjoyed it. it. Yeah. You know, I don't have I don't have children, small children at home, and I love being around kids. Mm-hmm. The energy's amazing. Mm-hmm. When they see an image, even if it's like a funny image or their or their, you know, the clothing's off or their hair's out of place, they you know, children still love it and they're mm-hmm. still excited and they laugh at something if it's not perfect mm. as where well celebrities picking out nitpicking everything and you have a publicist to work mm-hmm. with and the agents and you know yeah i'm sure it's really fun working with children but also probably challenging the challenges are are real that's for sure um, <laughs> but this it kind of it kind of fits your your whole background and interest in doing something positive and kind of working with a positive client mm-hmm. <laughs> because most exactly. of the kids yeah they're happy yeah, yeah they're happy mm-hmm. they're they're interested in being there and it's exciting and and melissa's there doing all the work and it's yeah, a lot of kids bop guys a lot of kids bop. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too funny though but you have to have a certain person because there is i can tell you without any doubt I could never work with kids on set or all day long or be a teacher. I just, I couldn't do it. You know, I don't have, you have the, to be very patient. Yeah. You just have to have the mindset. Mm-hmm. I could, I could deal with like elderly people or something, <laughs> you know, I could be very patient, <laughs> yeah, but with yeah. the kids just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the problem is, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> I yes, assume definitely a lot has of patience. there's, well, there's probably, um, there's probably not a lot of photographers there's probably photographers who say, here's my career, I'm a photographer, and so I take pictures of whatever, mm-hmm. just give me a job, whether it's kids or not. And then there's people like yourself that seem to specialize in that. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's definitely my end goal to become a more established, um, very well-sought-after children's photographer, for sure. Um, that's, that's a goal. Um, but for me, there's a lot of other people on set that are helping out with that. I mean, you have to have a set teacher. You have, you know, I hire assistants that can also be part kid wranglers, you know. <laughs> um, they're great with lighting, but they also have the ability to step in and be there as a teammate for the kid to play with and to interact with while I'm trying to capture them. And, you know, to your point of saying it could, you know, you need patience. Yeah, the kids are can have tantrums or <laughs> the opposite where it's like, won't settle down, won't uh-huh. sit, like you can't get running, climbing up things. <laughs> like, But then you also have other individuals on set that have to be there for their safety and stuff like that. So it's not all on me all the time. 
So what are the legal challenges related to working with children, minors, mm -hmm. their parents? My one of my sons is a teacher, and I know it's always a parent issue, you know. <laughs> so are parents quite often there on set, or do they want to be there, or there's some kind of, you know, specific legal documents that are signed by the parents, you know, the kids injured on the set? What about that angle? Mm-hmm. Um well, I'll try and address the first questions first. Um, they, there are legal things that need to happen. They have to, they're only allowed to work for four hours at a time for a certain age. I think once you're 16, you're able to put in eight hours for the day. But we're trying to get usually 22 shots or more a day. So it's a matter of scheduling them to do singles at various times. And then in the middle of the day is usually when we do our group shots, which is always a little more difficult because it's high noon and the lighting's never perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like the challenge of light plus children plus whatever. But um, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, we make it work. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it's, there has to be a set teacher present, especially during a school day. And they go over homework when they're not, you know, up for their shot. And then as far as um, safety, Usually we have somebody on set, um, like I shoot on the beach a lot just because my clients are California lifestyle brand and a lot of, a lot of their advertising requires the beach as their backdrop. And so we have to have lifeguards present and, you know, even if it's running in the sand and there's no water to be even entered, you have to have, you know, individuals there just mm. for the in case moments. And then... Because you know how fast it is for a child to oh, yeah. oh. to run right to, towards the water or start playing. Yeah. yeah, right, and nobody's There's watching. There's a lot that goes yeah. into it. Yeah. You got to think so about the, everything. But it's the child. So there is a child labor and, law thing. You yes, know? yes. You can't have the uh, modeling agents, uh, sweatshop kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, it's not as easy as, you know, just going out with a, you know, a model who's 18 over and heading out for the day and getting all these beautiful images. But. Now I know why there's no really good child fashion photographers. It's a lot of damn work. Yeah, it's very challenging. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's crazy work. So are the parents on the set usually, or do they want to be on the set, or they can't be on the set? Yeah, so there are parents on set. It's required to have one guardian per child, unless it's a family of four kids and that one mother, right? So, but we do an interview. Uh, a casting. And I, I always say the casting is like interviewing the parents because however the parent acts during the casting is going to be 10 times the extreme on the shoot day. <laughs> and so we have, the client and I have not hired kids because of, the because of their parents. Oh. Wow. And that's happened yeah. quite a few times actually. And then I've had, I've been blessed with the opposite yeah. where I love the parents so much that I've hired those kids over and over again oh. and even like friended the parents. So for instance, in terms of the parents mm -hmm. that you would say, eh, this isn't really going to work out. Um, a parent that's trying to give maybe too much direction mm -hmm. or constantly behind me trying to, you know, control the situation micromanage or everything. micromanage. Yeah. yeah. I always find it best when the child and I connect because, and they're kind of ignoring everything else. I mean, there's a lot going on behind me, 
and you have to kind of put yourself in that child's position of, oh my gosh, there's all these lights and about anywhere from 14 to 20 people standing behind me and then it's just them. So think of this like innocent little child <laughs> looking at this big picture. So if I can get them to connect with me and be authentic with me, then that kind of like relaxes them and everything goes away. But if mom or dad are in the corner yelling their name, have, saying, you can't smile, focus. do you this, can't. Yeah. do that. You oh know, how are you going to focus then? Yeah, you're it's not just, paid enough. I know. That I know. Right now. <laughs> Whatever you're charging, double it. Uh, definitely. Oh my it's gosh. Kids, yeah. It's all okay. psychology, double it, yeah. man. It's crazy. You're a psychologist. You're a child psychologist, yeah, it's man. It's a lot of work. So, like, parents living vicariously through their kids and all that garbage is going on too. Wow. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's many layers, but I don't want to. I don't have. Yeah, we don't have time yeah. to pick that apart yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. We'll we'll have to have part two. Too. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Get into the, the psychology <laughs> of uh, photography. <laughs> Is there a celebrity that you've always dreamed to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Uh, you know, I used to have that goal. Um, I don't necessarily have that anymore. Mm. Um, like Elvis, but. <laughs> I think someone I've always like ad- admired and I was like, oh, I would love to work with her um, is Julia Roberts just oh. because she oh, like, okay. I don't know if it's the infectious laugh, but I love yeah. like she looks like she'd like, be so fun. Kristen Wiig or yeah, yeah, yeah. Melissa McCarthy. Like I tend to go towards, you know, Comedian. high energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. Can you make it happen, Christine? Can I'll you try. give Julia a call? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah. I'm going to put that down on the list here for sure. <laughs> we try to make things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay, I want to pivot just a little bit because I want to talk about, you know, these photographers that you may have been attracted to. What photographers have you been attracted to in your career? And are there iconic type photographers that you think, wow, that's just amazing. That's they're just on a different level or that's really interesting, but I would never want to go down that road. Or there, or does it seem to you, it seems to me, there's certain photographers, and it sounds like in terms of what you're doing with children, you may end up being in that class where there's just like those forever moments. Like every time you turn around, you know, it's an Albert Watson or it's mm-hmm. an Annie Leibovitz mm-hmm. or, you know, and there's just constant where they've been. So I don't know it's because they get hired to do these certain particular types of jobs or they have a artistic eye that that only great great photographers have i mean well you list some extraordinary trailblazers for sure yeah, um, yeah annie Leibovitz. yeah the one who shot Yoko, john lennon yoko ono uh, yeah, the famous yeah, yeah. photo well yeah literally we should... every famous photo i know her well, <laughs> yeah but i know her because of the yeah. Yoko, john lennon yoko ono of photo course. yeah that's yeah. how I know who yeah, she is. We, yeah. yeah, and we and you can delve into uh, you know women in photography mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I I think every photographer that I've really admired are so different. You know, Ellen von Unworth, who's amazing, and Mario Testino, who's one of my you know favorites. And I've noticed that I follow individuals who are so authentically true to themselves that that's what's creating their style. For instance, like Ben Watts, a lot of these individuals who are photographing because photographing the subjects in their own style because it's who they really are. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what sets those trailblazers apart from anyone else. And 
you know, I've been a victim of not being exposed to a lot of imagery in my early years, which then made me just, you know, become one of those like copycats. You learn by just doing what you see instead of trying to explore who I am and learning who I was at an earlier age. Maybe I would be in a much like deeper space as far as my style and work goes. But finding out who I really was and using my authentic self to do the storytelling came a little bit later, but I'm excited to continue that journey and the path. But yeah, all of those individuals that I really love and admire are so different because they're who they are. Mm. And that's why their imagery will never look the same as the next. I mean, you can tell right away. Mm. You know? Very good advice. Just be authentic and true to yourself. So at 24, you're telling me you're a late bloomer. I mean, you look like a 24. <laughs> 24 I yeah, know. Come on. What you, yeah, I'm a late uh, bloomer. I can't, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. But it's weird, though, because you're very, very young. You started, let's say, when you were 11 or even younger. So you've got 20-some years, mm -hmm. uh, you know. A lot of experience. And you can really reflect on, here's what I did. Here's what I've done. Here's what I hate. Here's what I love. Yeah. Where a lot of, some of the photographers and creatives and artists that we've met, they started in their 20s. Mm -hmm. You know, they had no clue. You know, they're yeah. at a party somewhere, you know, and next, can you take a picture of me? <laughs> oh, I guess I'll be a photographer. And, mm -hmm. they, and they end up, you know, and they don't have that background. So you, I, you need to give yourself credit. I mean, yes. you're way ahead of the curve Definitely. here. Definitely. Yeah, you realize yeah. that early on. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah, I think that's also one of those things where you... It's that comparison game, right? You see individuals who are unbelievably talented who start later on in life. Um, but then you have to just remember it all kind of boils down to just your eye. If you uh -huh. have, you know, the eye and the talent and the passion to want to learn light and hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Especially um, now with so much competition out there, like you're saying. It's, you have to hustle even more. Yeah, it's insanely oversaturated. And that's why it's important to be even more authentic. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing a split in terms of great photography and great photographers in terms of gender? Are you seeing, is there a growth in more women or are more women entering photography programs or some of these in, in art school vis-a-vis, you know, the number of men? It, it, it seems like there's more notable women at this time, but I may be totally wrong. Are you that close to it that you would know? Yeah, I do think that there are a lot of women that are being credited for the great work now. Thank God. Yeah. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, and, you know, when I was in, when I was studying in college, even, I mean, it was hard to come by female inspiration only because it wasn't documented or, you know, publishers weren't publishing the works of women, which I think is why the few trailblazers that did so well, mm. including Annie, were really our, our go-to inspirations. I mean, aside from they're just ridiculously talented, that, that talent set itself above all. But, um, you know, you have a lot of really amazing women out there, you know, doing the work. And I think that finally it's allowing women to know it's not such a male-dominated industry. They have a better chance now. And it's mm -hmm. more accepted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, it, a lot of it is, you know, this is never talked about, but 
it's a lot of physical work. It's mm-hmm. taxing. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, hauling gear around and all of that was, you know, the the old standard, <laughs> old industry standard of like, well, you know, men can carry the camera gear oh, and men yeah. can do uh-huh. that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we know that's all BS. <laughs> yes. So. Well, one of the questions related to all of that artistic stuff that you're talking about, and I kept thinking about this, and Christine and I talked about, you know, who, when there's a fashion shoot, I don't care if it's a children's fashion shoot or high, high couture, high fashion, you know, who really is the creative there? Is it the designer? Is it the stylist? Is it the photographer? I've seen, you know, some pretty weird looking outfits that if it weren't for the stylist adding a few accessories, you would say, my God, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And I've also seen, you know, great fashion where you would think they could never pull it off if it weren't for the photographer. Mm -hmm. This would Mm -hmm. be dead in the water, you know? And I know the easy answer is it's a collaboration and they all have to work together. Mm -hmm. But I keep now but it's the, the magic from the we photographer. Have, well, we have interviewed so many photographers now, and I just <laughs> keep, I start to weigh in at the point where it seems to me the photography piece is just critical. Mm-hmm. Yes, everybody comes together. I think to answer your question is, I think it's the most creative individual on set is making or breaking that image. And then... From there, you hope that everyone that's attached to your team is at the height of their creative game and their knowledge and bringing everything that they have into the shoot so that you're elevating each other. I think that's the real key is putting an ego down of saying, this is me, or I can't, I could never say, oh, it's just myself <laughs> yeah. as a photographer. It's a team effort. Because nope. even, t- I mean, outside of, styling and the design you know a photo isn't a photo without lighting so for me my lighting assistants are everything like (laughs) you have to lighting is so important I like you know surround yourself with people who can elevate you and do you know a a job better than you can Um, and then it's up to me to make sure to capture the the magic you know once everyone's brought their a-game Definitely. Well, that's a great answer. Yeah. Before I forget, where can our listeners find you on social media? I'm only on Instagram. Oh, okay. That's because oh, really? she's a photographer. That's the most important place yeah. to be, anyway. That's the only place to be, right? If you're in yeah. fashion, probably. So it's Melissa Coulier, M E L I S S A C O U L I E R. And um, yeah, all the other spaces are either too time consuming or too negative. I know. Tell me I'm about like, it. Tell me about it. So two time one of the one of the we're we're getting down to our last minutes here, but one of the last questions I have is, and we've noticed this just since we've been doing the podcast is there's tremendous change. There seems to be a big wave towards video imagery, you know, and this video blogging's been around for quite a while, but um, the video, like you mentioned, Instagram. So what do you see as the the innovations that are around the corner in terms of photography and imagery for the industry. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one because things change so fast mm-hmm. and are happening on a constant. You know, I think that 
just as Apple's proven with the iPhone and how everyone can readily take very professional photos from just your, mm-hmm. your device, I would imagine that that's only going to get better and more accessible to the industry. And hopefully people will still want and rely upon the creatives to produce quality imagery instead of quantity. But it's very difficult right now. And this like, fast pace, overstimulating, overproduced amount of imagery and video and this need for content, it's kind of a scary, scary time for imagery and video in general because everybody expects, like when you're doing even a photo shoot now, people expect you to do, you know, a minimum of 40 images and they're like, oh, that's only going to cover 40 days, you know, because everybody is expecting that this, to pump out so much content and it's just, It's making the quality worse, and it's unfortunately. um, Yeah, everybody's a photographer suddenly, and and nobody is. I don't exactly. (laughs) So you you mentioned that you recently launched your own brand, uh, clothing brand. Yeah, tell us about that. (laughs) Um, We aren't officially launched, however. um, Coming soon, huh? Yeah, so we just received our prototype back. For me, it's a matter of being on set. I always want to, I like to look professional. Mm -hmm. I love a good blazer that you can throw over a t-shirt that you can, you know, do anything with. So my business partner and I, she comes from um, production television background and you know, we're always looking for something that is really comfortable, but at the same time looks good. Yeah. <laughs> that's hard. Looks professional. That's hard to find. Yeah. And so uh, we decided to come up with a blazer that has, it's structured, but it has stretch in it. And then um, the interior has removable armpit pads. So you can just recycle and like uh, repurpose and wash the armpit pads rather mm. than like going to the dry cleaner every day. Mm. and. That kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so we just finished our prototype and we hopefully will be launching soon. Oh, that's great. I can't wait to see it. It's sustainable. Is it different uh, colors, like the same style? Right now we're doing, yeah, so we have black. It's all one style as Uh of right now, but I did bring the prototype to show you guys if you want. Oh, I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is this the Coulier blazer? Yeah, what's <laughs> Wait, you can't give us the name yet. I can. can. You can? Oh, okay, good. Right. Yeah, so our company is well, called Art and Leo. and this Art bla- and Leo. And the blazer is called The Mel because my business partner, her name is Melanie, so we both go by Mel. Oh, well, nice. Yeah. No, That's so cool. Ahead, I love that name, The Mel. You'll be on, they'll do the camera thing. Why not? <laughs> we want to see it. The Mel. Okay, so it's changing a bit. It looks like the one, kind of like the one kind you're wearing like now, but probably more on. elasticity, right? So, oh, it's very, very oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how it goes up on the collar there. Yeah, too. so it's you know, collar free, no lapel, and then it has the thing that I love about men's blazers is there's always an interior pocket. I'm like, why don't they make interior pockets for women? So, I know. we have an interior pocket for oh, all of your things. That's great. We ripped this apart so we could see the lining and everything, but yeah, so it's a four pocket blazer with one button and um. That's it's great. Oh, I full yeah. stretch, but yet it's I gotta still get has one that, of those. Yeah. So when do you guys expect to launch? When you when when are you planning to launch? You know, it depends on the industry. And <laughs> so this is our prototype one. We have like 
probably 20 things we're changing with the pattern from this. Oh. So once that goes through the system of our pattern maker and then to the manufacturer, we're probably looking at something like in the fall. Q3. Hopefully right yeah. before holidays, right? Yeah, yeah. perfect timing. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, That's exciting, exciting because now you're a designer. Yeah. Yep. You are a designer. Only a out of necessity. <laughs> I was like, Only out of I necessity. Yeah. It's another career that you didn't even know about. And I hate to say it, but I, I honestly think little Melissa here could do it. I think she could be a podcaster. I think she could <laughs> yeah, have her yeah. own. Honest to God. Yeah. She Guys, could do it. stop with the flattery. She, she could yeah. do it. She could do it here in studio. <laughs> <laughs> now that, yeah. You need okay. a third host? Yeah, Let's just yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, Let's absolutely. just do it. <laughs> I'll sign the contract. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melissa Coulier, it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on FashionCast. Thank you so much for appearing. Oh, Michael and Christine, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also visit us on our website at fashioncastpodcast.com.